0: the beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here ends our Gospel. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our salvation. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Every year it seems when, you know, or every time the Gospel of Mark uh, this, in this year, um, we're going to be beginning now and then. And through Christ the King Sunday of next year, we're going to be going through the gospel according to St. Mark, except at various times at Easter, we will use the gospel of John. But one of the things that when I was reading this text in preparation for this Sunday, what really came to me was John. And what John was doing, you know, he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. He was calling them to repentance. And you know, it was really for the people that were coming there, that were experiencing his message, that were were in his message, feeling a call from God to repent of their sins, they saw John as this incredible, incredible character that they felt in him, that they sensed in him the divine, that they had to do, they were compelled to do what he said. But that's not true of everybody. That's not true of the religious, some of the religious authorities on that day. And what was interesting is, if you look in the book of, uh, or the gospel according to St. Matthew, in the 21st chapter, we have a confrontation between Jesus and some Pharisees. And they question his authority. And it's really an, it, wonderful verses. And Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you this authority? And Jesus replied, I will also ask you a question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what what authority I am doing these things. This is Jesus' question. John's baptism. Where did it come from? Was it from heaven? Or was it from men? And this is like they took a sidebar. They said, ooh, I don't know. We better think this over. So they go over to the corner. Then they discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask. Then why don't you believe him? But if we say from men, we are afraid of the people. For they hold John." John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Very heavy stuff, very important to understand. What is happening here is that what what, uh, Jesus is asking them to go back to the very first act that we see in this gospel. His baptism in the Jordan River. What did it mean? Did it come from God? Or did, was it something that John made up? That question really nodded me. You see him in the river and you see him washing people and you see him make a statement, prepare the way for the Lord. and, and, And then it hit me. Leviticus 16. Leviticus 16 is about the Day of Atonement. The one year of uh, the one day of every year in the Jewish year, when when it starts with Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year, you have a ten day period. You begin, and and it's it's seen as a day that God's judgment is meted out on people for the next year. And so what they did was they went to, to, they went to um, assemble together regularly in synagogues, and you pray to God, you ask God to forgive you for your sins for your past year, you ask God to to have a, a favorable judgment on you for the next year. And, and, and it came to a crescendo in, in, in Jerusalem and, and actually beginning when the people wandered in the desert, the tabernacle, on this day, what was to happen is that um, God said, on the Day of Atonement, I am going to appear before you in the Holy of Holies, behind the, the, the curtain, and I'm going to appear to you above in the judgment, in the mercy seat, above the Ark of the Covenant, Now, So I just want you to think, if this was the altar, and you would have the the Ark of the Covenant here, and on either side of it would be two angels, and, and they would be kneeling, and their wings would be spread out like this, so they would be, sort of form an Ark here, like this, and God said that my glory is going to appear right there. I will be present to you. Now, in order for the high priest to go behind the curtain and to stand before God, who is going to appear right there, he had to do a couple of things. First, he had to offer sacrifices for his sins. He had to confess his sins. They put and then he had to confess the sins of Israel and put them on the scapegoat. They had to offer sacrifices to purify the sanctuary, to purify the people, to purify everything. And then what he had to do was go and bathe himself, put on his linens Then he had to go in, and he had to put in two pounds of incense on glowing coals so that the room would be filled with smoke to cover, to provide a cover between the priest, the high priest, and God who was going to appear there. But for him to go before God, and God was really there, he had to confess his sins, he had to ask for forgiveness, and he had to bathe. (coughs) What's John calling the people to do? But he's calling them to prepare the way for God to come in as real in the way that God came to the priest right there between the angel's wings by the Ark of the Covenant, and, 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 and God was going to appear to them in precisely the same way. And for them to get ready for God to come, they had to ask for forgiveness of their sins, they had to be washed because God was coming to them. And that's what John the Baptist was telling the people. And that is what the Pharisees, the high chief, the chief priests, and, 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 all, and that whole group of unbelievers, that's what he was pointing to. That Jesus was the Son of God who was coming to them in as real and as powerful as a way as God came to the people in the temple once a year on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And Jesus at that moment was giving them an opportunity to repent, to acknowledge who he was, to believe what John the Baptist was saying so that they could experience him as the Son of God that had come to them. Isaiah promised that they would see the glory of God, that they would see his salvation. And they saw it in Jesus. But you know part of God's plan, this is a part of God's plan, that the way that the salvation was going to come before all of humanity, of all of mankind, that they would see it at that particular time in the history of of, of humanity, was that they were gonna experience the salvation of God in Jesus being the suffering servant in Isaiah that would be on the cross and would die for our sins and would be resurrected. That is the salvation of God that that generation of people experienced. The humble Messiah, the servant of God, and they also experienced him as the shepherd. I love those words from Isaiah. That he will be like the shepherd. I mean, it, these, are, these are such words of such incredible comfort. Uh, that are, that, and, and, and this is just, he gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart and he gently leads those who have young. That's who Jesus is. That was his ministry. For those that wanted Him, to to want it to be gathered by Him. For those that wanted to be nurtured by Him. That's who the Messiah was at that time in history. And that's who John was telling them, He's here, don't you see? That's what Advent is about. And that's that image. That's that image that starts at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Is to prepare the way for God to come to us. And you know what my job and your job and the job of every person, our calling of every church on, on earth that, that believes in the purity, preaching the gospel in its purity, is to say that we now are in the place of John the Baptist and we're the wild people in the leather tunics and and, and, and the belts and, and, and at the Jordan River and we're calling people to repent. We're calling people to be baptized. We're calling people to get ready for God to come because the salvation that we're going to experience on this side of the resurrection is the salvation of God appearing in the clouds. That Jesus appearing in the clouds and coming to earth and changing the heaven and the the words of Peter, that it's going to change. Everything's going to change and that God is going to judge. And that what the job of the church is, our calling, the great privilege that we've been given is that we are to be like John. We're to be there at the river and we're to call people to come and call them to repent and to be washed. It's put this way in Matthew, the 28th. Go into the world, and what? To baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them everything I've taught you, and and to have them obey it. That we're to make disciples and be disciples. That we're to be like John and wash people. And and to, to lead lives that reflect that. That's who we are. That's what happens. At the baptismal font, Because that's the beginning of the life, of faith, of people is in that font when they're washed and they repent and God comes to them. But this morning, like John the Baptist, I'm going to say to you that God is going to come to each and every one of you today. <laughs> When you come up here and you kneel at the rail and you receive the bread and the wine, God is going to come to you. Jesus is going to come to you. You've been washed in the waters of baptism. You've been cleaned. That's why it's really important to begin in the service that we, we ask God to forgive our sins, that we repent and when we come here, we really receive Jesus. That God really comes to us. And you know, the amazing thing is that when we experience that, the first, my first response is, Jesus, I have no right, I have no authority on my own to bless those elements or to give it to anyone else. But you washed me, you cleaned me, you put your spirit in me, and for that reason, you forgive me, and I can do this thing. And if you're really prepared for communion today, you're going to say, Jesus, I have no right to come up to that rail and kneel there and to receive you in the bread and the wine. But you washed me. You cleaned me. You put your Holy Spirit in me. You've given me faith. You're going to transform me. You're going to renew me and you're going to give me a new life. Amen.